Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Weekly Nightly Podcast. And I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. at Choi underscore AJ. And I'm Carlo. Uh, so how's your uh, week going since the last game uh, podcast? Well, we I'll tell you, man, my week is pretty damn good because... Uh, oh, yeah, what happened? I, I kind of missed everything, I guess. Oh, uh, let, let, let me think. Where, where to start? Um, something, something really minor happened. Oh, yeah, Vegas won both of their games so far in the regular season. Oh, yeah, hockey's back. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. yeah. It seems like an important thing. So, yeah. Um, so we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that a lot today. We're going to talk about the games that happened. We're going to talk about the games coming up. And then we'll do our, uh, our segment, the five-minute major news from around the NHL. Yeah, um, I'm really excited because uh, this is a very, very happy week for Las Vegas right now. Unless you're one of those Las Vegas Sharks fans, which... There's like seven? Maybe. Total? Yeah. And they're, they're, it's probably the same person with seven different Twitter accounts? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, so the the home opener. Um, so I was there. It was probably one of the coolest experiences. So I haven't gotten to go to any of the other home op- or the other really? two home openers. I I, I was I was uh, lucky enough to actually attend the first ever home opener, which was amazing. But I haven't been to one since. And you had that awesome seat that I found, and I sent you that. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. It that was a single seat. seat. So if you guys don't know, in, in T-Mobile Arena, you have you, you know how that Hyde Lounge is a little triangle yep. area thing, and then there are seats on the sides of it yep. and it kind of also forms a pyramid and on the top of that pyramid there's just that one single seat and like nobody next to you that's where i was sitting during the first ever game the golden knights had at t-mobile arena and, and it, i think that's what section 219 or something, something like that the, the the at aikman section yeah it's the loner seat which i don't mind because i had a lot of stuff to put and i had a lot of like places to just like cheer and stuff and then have like if i had to go to the bathroom i have to get up for anyone or wait for anybody to get up it, it's kind of a perfect seat especially if, if you're just like wanting to go alone and watch a game like yeah i'm surprised no like there, no random person has just been like i'm gonna get that seat as i think there's ticket. only four of them though yeah there are because there's the other two on the other high lounge yeah one over in like the 210 section or whatever yeah so anyways tell me about the home opener Andrew. so, so was, uh all right, the first thing I'll mention is, uh, as we as we talked about last time, uh, we were we were predicting that Evander Kane was probably going to get a suspension. I, Carlo and I were both hoping that he wouldn't, so that we could see what would happen if he were in the game. Yeah, well, so they didn't make that much difference anyway. So no, I mean, I I, I was I was personally nervous, and I said this on Twitter that without Kane, there would be less distractions and yeah. the team would be better. But it turns out the team has just been really bad. And San Jose has been really bad this season so far. They also didn't have Eric Carlson for that the home opener here in Vegas. Yeah, but I don't think it mattered that much because... No, everybody on that team was terrible, and it was all due to the fact that Vegas was just relentlessly forechecking the entire game. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, though, they did, like, at the start of the game, they did, the Sharks were actually playing pretty well until, like... Out of nowhere, the Golden Knights just turned it on and just never looked back since then. Yeah, it didn't. It, I got real nervous when I first saw the the game and I was watching from my seat and the first two plays were two icings on the Golden Knights. Yeah, because I thought like the first five minutes was like back and forth. I don't think yeah. Golden Knights dominated from the get-go. No, they didn't. And it was and usually in a, a game versus San Jose at home, they do. They yeah. usually are like, okay, let's get a goal within the first like, exactly. two minutes. But this time we... 
It was still under five minutes after. Yeah. Yeah. After, and it was on a power play. Yeah, it was a power play. It was Mark Stone. It was Mark Stone, and then uh, after after a few minutes after that, you got Smith and Carlson. Where uh, I can't remember what exactly happened. It was it was someone threw the a Sharks player threw the puck in. Yeah, and it, it and hit then, the it hit the boards. And then Prout bounced the puck off Jones on on a mistake, trying to pass back toward the, I don't, the neutral zone. I don't even think Prout actually got the puck. I think it hit the boards. Prout misjudged it, and it bounced it bounced back up, hit Martin Jones, and then William Carlson got it, passed it to Smith, and then Smith just easy tapping. Yeah, it was just a crease pass, and, and it was it was beautiful to watch, but it was yes. also really really sad because that never actually should have been a goal. Yeah, and I think that was the backbreaker. Yep, that, uh, but, that deflated the whole team after that. But actually, uh, right right after that, right before the period ended, um, San Jose scored one. Was that the first period? That was the first period. I, I believe it was the first period. They scored, and um, and at that time, you're like, okay, this is this is a game. Yeah, you're right, and because it was getting a little nervous, and then. And then I want to say it was, it, it was pretty quiet after that into the second period, though. Um, I th- I thought the second period was all Golden Knights. It, it was all to, Golden Knights, it, except it wasn't for that, even close. Except for that that attempted tip in by uh, by Sorensen there, which was a no goal because of high sticking. Yes, that that was um, it. But also in what happened, there was only one goal in the second period, which was the Cody Glass goal. Yes, it was. It was a really big moment. I will. I wasn't the. I wasn't at the game, but I heard from people that you could hear it from wherever you were from T-Mobile Arena that Cody Glass scored a goal because that's how loud the arena got. Yeah, cuz like you were there and I heard people that when they announced Cody Glass scored a goal, there was a huge cheer for him. It was just a standing ovation for the kid, which is amazing. I wish I was there to see it. I I was I was amazed to just watch the whole thing happen, but also watch how Patches and, and Stone really set up Glass and and if you've read the athletic article uh, about um about some of the prospects and what's been going on during the offseason and the preseason. Uh, Pacioretty and Stone have been very hospitable to both Cody Glass, some of the other prospects, but specifically Cody Glass and Peyton Krebs. Yeah. And uh, and, and basically treating them like little brothers, which yeah. it has really helped them feel comfortable, with, and it's great. They had, they had a dinner, I think, before the game with, uh, yep. at the Pacioretty house. Yeah, and tacos. Taco, yeah, Pacioretty being half Mexican, made tacos, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, so so they're a very close knit group, um, and and I really like to see that because I think that's why Cody Glass has been able to perform so well on that line. But going back to that play though, and a lot of people I think uh, didn't notice in that play was just Cody Glass was actually that that play was set up by Stone. Mm-hmm. It was the whole three lines, to be honest with you. Yeah, and because Co- Cody Glass was reading the, the entire play while he was uh, open, basically. N- not only that, because everybody credited Stone for that turnover, which obviously he, he, he that was great. But if you if you look at the play again, you see Cody Glass actually stick checks. Uh, I forgot which shark players so who had the puck, which made him lose control of the puck, which then Stone got gave it to Pacioretty. And while that was happening, Glass saw that, and he kind of shifted his way a, a, away from everybody to to the empty side of the rink and be yep. open. And that's just high level IQ there. I was really impressed by Cody Glass's debut. To be yeah, honest, it, with you. I mean he was beating veteran Sharks defensemen to provide an opening on where there should have been none. Yeah, exactly. Like Vlasic was on that play, and Glass just kind of ninja his way to the opening. 
Well, I, I think the uh, part of that might be maybe the sharks didn't take him seriously because he's a rookie, but but yeah. he was he was just creeping behind him the whole time. Like you could tell Vlasic knew where he was. He just didn't think that Cody would be good enough to actually get that pass. Yeah, and uh, amazing pass for Pacioretty though, because oh. that wasn't an easy pass because he was it was a saucer pass and it just landed right where Cody Glass could get it, and it was beautiful shot by Glass. Martin Jones was going one way and he shot it the other. Yeah, and it was just a beautiful goal. It was beautiful. And and you know what? Seeing Cody Glass celebrate that goal and seeing the whole team be proud of him, it was like, I don't think I've ever been as happy in my entire life as Cody Glass was when he scored his first goal. Yeah, because if you guys don't know uh, Cody Glass's story, go look it up in YouTube, uh, YouTube Cody Glass, and there's a Sportsnet special. This is before he got drafted. There was a Sportsnet special about Cody Glass and his journey uh, to being a pro- top NHL prospect. Because if you don't know the story, his dad and his brother both struggled uh, growing up, and his dad pretty much sacrificed everything for Cody to play uh, hockey. He and they did- were both at the game when he scored yes, his first goal. Yes, which was, which was amazing. So if you guys don't uh, know the story, just look it up on YouTube. There's a beautiful... Uh, and you, you, will, you will appreciate Cody Glass even more after watching that. So let's talk about the uh, the the last Golden Knights goal of that game. Uh, the the power kill goal. Yeah. So uh, so first of all, we'll we'll give a shout out to uh, Ken and, and Sinbin for uh, the whole power kill thing. I mean, the power kill's been there forever, actually. Yeah, but but they they keep they keep uh, bringing it up with the with the actual statement of power kill. I actually thought it was a typo. Really? I, I've been I've been using that since like year one. I know. Well, I, I, I kept getting, I, I kept thinking you were saying power play and then penalty kill and just getting it confused. And I'm no, like, no, what? it's been, it's, I, it, that's been a really old term. But yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's, it, it, you can see it really that Smith and Carlson are power killers. Oh my God! It, it, They're every, I think since, since year one. But it's, it's more pronounced even more. It, they just keep getting be- better and better and better. And then just wait till Eakin comes back. Oh yeah, well he's it, also a short, short-handed kind of guy. Yeah, well Marshall's the shortest-handed player <laughs> in the team, but oh. it's 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 been uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's, I don't think they're in the level of Carlson and Smith though, because every time I watch those guys kill a penalty, for some reason they're always in the offensive zone. Yep, and I don't know how they do it. They're just so aggressive. It's and, the forecheck again. Yeah, it's just for once they get the the puck out of the zone, they're relentless. They they're looking to score mat, like man down. Yeah, yeah, and and if you watch the uh, the power kill goal um, with with Carlson passing to Smith uh, on in the home opener for Vegas, it, it you watch both defensemen blow a tire yeah. on each other. They fall oh. over each other. It was embarrassing. Like that, they should have been able to at least kind of keep it, up. But I don't wow. know how. Like Burns pushed. Uh, who was the other defenseman? I don't know. Uh, maybe but, it was, was it Dylan? Uh, I think it was Dylan, but he Burns pushed him to make him fall. I'm like, what are you doing? And it was a perfect tic-tac-toe by... Yeah, because then Burns fell over him. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was a perfect tic-tac-toe by Smith and Carlson. There's no way Jones was able to save that. Well, there were zero other Sharks on that side of the ice. There were zero other exactly. Sharks in the defensive was, zone. How do you get a 2-0, a 2-0 rush? Yeah. On, on a penalty kill, it's it's crazy. And, and to be fair to Martin Jones, actually, he is the Sharks. La- he's, 
he was the Lethal only bright Kripal. spot. Yeah, he was the only bright spot he that did. whole game. That game should have been like 10-1. Yeah. If if Martin Jones wasn't playing on his head. Because all the goals that Golden Knights scored, I don't think Martin Jones can really do anything about it, to be honest with you. So Unless I miss something. And again, I, and I, this is a good segue into the Vegas at San Jose game because Martin Jones was, again, probably their MVP for that game. That um, was Aaron Dell. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, partially, uh, Martin Jones got pulled. No, no, no. Dell played. Martin Jones got pulled game one. He played. Dell played the third period. And then. Uh, Did Dell, Dell play the Dell, whole Dell played a whole game in the second game. Ah, oh, I thought they pulled him late, but. No. Uh, maybe no, I'm wrong. No. Yeah, um, he, it was all Dell. Well, that, yeah. that doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Uh, well, Dell actually played pretty well for being. Well, he did let in that really awesome. soft goal on Carrier. Yeah, but yeah, that was. Other that. than that, he was he played really solid. J- the defense just didn't give him any favors, to be honest with you. No. I mean, Dell, I wouldn't say solid. I mean, he was one of the better sharks. Yeah, the, but that's not saying a that, lot. That's not saying anything because yeah. all of the sharks were terrible. Yeah, because like he could have saved the Carrier goal, maybe the McNabb goal, which was actually a really good goal by McNabb. Yeah, yeah. But uh, on the second game, I thought Glass actually played better on this game than the first one, even though he didn't score. Even though he didn't score, but he was all over the ice, and he set up Mark Stone and Patrick quite a few times and I even joked it I joked about it on Twitter once like this Cody Glass kid is really good he needs to get better wingers <laughs> because Stone and Patches weren't finishing his, their chances set up by Glass yeah no it was it was a very interesting game because I I personally was expecting that San Jose was going to have some kind of spark and be decent yeah. at their home opener and no, it, it happened. It, it's like everybody showed up and just didn't want to be there for the Sharks. Like I, I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, Carlson, Eric Carlson was back for that game. Yeah, it made zero difference. In fact, they gave away. They had more giveaways because of him being there was, back. There was, there was the, the second goal of the game, which the Marshall goal actually was, uh, was what I call a twenty million dollar goal because. Uh, Marcheseau was forechecking, and it was against Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson got the puck, but he, because of Marcheseau's forecheck, Carlson was just kind of try, just trying to get the puck out there, and he passed the puck to Burns, which was a really bad pass. Burns then kind of desperate because he was going to in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the ice. Burns was so desperate to get it out of there, he just kind of whacked it out, went straight to Theodore's stick. Marshall's already established himself in front of the net. Theater shot. Marshall tipped it. Goal. Yep. That was, that, that was Carlson and Burns' really bad play. And you, they're paying these two, this duo about $20 million total. Yep. And then you add in Vlasic's contract. For like have, seven years. Yeah. And so, so between them and, and Mark Edward Vlasic, you have... Basically, a third of the current cap space locked up in three there, defensemen. I saw I saw a stat somewhere. I, I read somewhere that the Sharks have about four, thirty something million tied up to players to five players. Yep. For like seven years or something like that. And that's not and counting their forwards. That's all. So if you think about it, you well, have eleven no, and a half. Because I'm counting. I'm counting Kane in that. Who's getting paid seven? Gotcha. Well, and, and then Couture. Yeah, yeah. But basically, and they're all turning like four. Like they're all going to be in their late thirties once those contracts are up. Yeah. 
So this this team's chance was probably last year. Yeah, it, it was last year, and they they I think they just regressed. I think we I, I think I talked about this during our season preview. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't kind of I I wa- I wanted to give them more credit than uh that I wanted to give them because they are the Sharks and they they still have really good players for right now. Well, yeah, I think it was one of those we thought they were going to be bad but not that bad sort exactly. of thing. And it, I know it's still only 3 games in, but like they just they just got their asses kicked by the Ducks in such a big way. Well, I thought they actually well, to be fair, the Sharks did play better against the Ducks than they played against us. That's true. Maybe they're but to, also to be fair, we are well, not to brag or anything, but we are a better team than the Ducks. Yeah. You know, but let's let's finish talking about this game before we get into the the sharks debacle because uh, what I what I notice about uh, the glass stone and Pacioretty line, uh, even going back to the first game, is I actually noticed this when I looked at the stats and I saw Cody Glass only played thirteen minutes hmm. in game two and then fourteen minutes in game one. Well, hmm. pa- well, Pacioretty and Mark Stone played around nineteen. So I look, I watched it again, and I realized that what they were were doing with Glass is he's getting shorter shifts than Pacioretty and Stone, and putting Stastny in there. So they have, so Stastny has still has the playing time with Stone and and uh, Pacioretty, and Stastny gets a longer shift than Noshik. Oh, not Noshik, Piri and Zikov. Gotcha. Because Stasny ended up playing around 17 minutes total in both those games. Around 17 minutes, averaging around 17 minutes. Which I think is a really, really smart move. It's super smart because it lets it lets Glass ease into being exactly. a, a second-line second center. Of, while still keeping that Stasny, Pacioretty, and Stone line sort of intact and that totally makes sense because if you're really only playing like say half the time with cody glass on that line then mm-hmm. the other half makes up for with sasney and then the third line really is only playing about half that time anyways. yeah and, and 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 to be fair they there are some moments where let's say they are hemmed in their own zone or they have a really good offensive pressure that they cody glass stays in there for the whole shift yeah but a lot of the times when when they switch when when a lot of a lot of it is in a neutral zone or the, and they they move around a lot, Cody Glass leaves the ice early and Stastny comes in earlier than the other uh, than Stastny's line mates. Which means that Cody Glass's point production will go up if he gets more time. Yeah, he gets more. more yeah, he gets more time, but. Even with those limited minutes, I thought Cody Glass was really, really good. I thought he was too. I, I mean, one of those uh, right in front of the crease shot attempts, it was just, you know, yeah. it was it should have gone in, really. Yeah. Um, so it was just really good playing by the entire team. I mean, let, let's talk about those power kills real quick again. Yes. So so McNabb got one of the power kills, which was just an amazing cross-ice pass. I don't I don't remember recall who exactly it was that passed into the puck. It um, was Carlson. It was Carlson? It was, Carlson and Smith was battling... In the uh, in the left wall, I think it was in the left. Yeah, it was in the left wall. And McNabb uh, snuck up on. Um, yeah, snuck up. The, the, basically, Smith and Carlson won the pack, puck battle. battle sorry, yep. can't talk. Won the puck battle, and then McNabb kind of snuck in there. And which, he snuck which, in. Which okay, so which is a big gamble because as a defenseman, if you if you pinch on a on a penalty kill. Oh yeah, and if you and, and then the other team gets the puck. Oh, it'd be a four-on-one. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There's only you only have one defenseman back there, which was a like I said, a huge gamble. But the gamble paid off because Carlson 
threw a perfect pass to McNabb, shot the puck, and then boom, power kill. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and he was in, what I noticed is he was in that same area. Um, Where Glass was. Yeah, exact, yeah. exact same area. Yeah. And so, so that, that seems like a, that's, ex, that's the OV circle, right? Um, no, I think it always, it always starts a little bit Yeah, always a little farther, farther away. Off. Yeah, farther but, away. But it's a little on bit the, closer, yeah. It's, it's in that OV right. angle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to observe. And then, you know, we had a uh, even strength goal where Peary was really just thirsty for, for a goal there. That was... The, I, no, that was right after the power, the, yeah. the same penalty kill. Yeah, they came. It was the same. Yeah. yeah, well, they got off the kill and then they came back. Yeah, as soon as Piri comes out of the box, yeah, he goes to uh, he grabs the puck. No, Noshik almost was following the puck. because it was two. Yep. It was two two on one. Yep. Yeah. Hit the post. It rebounds directly oh. to Noshik's like, chest. Yeah, chest. it was on his chest. And Nozick he was like, and he one handed it in. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even think he hit the puck. It, it hit the middle of his stick when he pushed it, it out. And so because I watched that one a couple times trying to figure out how that even happened. Because I thought he just hit. Hit his chest and bounced it. I knew I knew Noshik tried to like hit it in, but I don't think I think he missed. Yeah, I think it was straight chest. Yeah, I, I saw his hand go out and I couldn't tell if it yeah. hit his stick or not. Yeah, that was like I'm not sure either. So if you if you say he hit it, I probably did. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, it, it was nice though. And yeah. then and then the the next goal after that was another shorthanded goal. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was. Noshik getting and a no, pass. So, it's not. Stone. It's not your typical power kill. No. couple. It's a new power kill couple. And and they they knew they were gonna score before they even scored. Yeah. Too, because they passed across the stone pass. Noshik the the puck across the crease and he just scored in an open wide net. And Stone was already coming around <laughs> the net like, to celebrate me, before the him, goal. They just give him a hug. Yeah, like, yeah. Their celebration was an instant hug as soon as that puck went in. Before the puck even went in, they had their arms open. There. Yeah. They knew it was happening. That was, so that that was that's two goals for Noshik. And then one goal by Carrier. This is the four, that's fourth line scoring. The fourth li- our fourth line has the same amount of goals as the San Jose Sharks total for the season. And they the, and the fourth line only played two games. So overall, <laughs> overall there was almost no bad for Vegas in those entire games, no, with the exception of Nate Schmidt being injured. Yeah, that was that was the worst. But before we get to that, let's talk about another rookie who made his debut, though. Nick Hague. Yeah. Yeah, you almost forgot about him, huh? No, no, Nick Hague. Uh, so let, I, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the fact that San Jose has had a tendency so far this year for throwing a tantrum after they've scored a goal and then picking a fight. Yeah. See, Nick Hague. See, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of Nick Hague in the AHL. And in the AHL, it's much, much more physical and and. And and what what's it's the gritty. word gritty? But but not the googly eye gritty. It's, yeah, it's gritty as in you're grinding every. You're yeah, grinding. You're working your butt off, and it's it's just brutal, really. It, and 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 what I notice about Nick Hague a lot is he is not afraid to drop the gloves. Nope. Nick Hague knows he is six six and a monster, and can pick up two yeah. people at once. He's not he's not scared. He Nick Hague was the last rookie. Who was it? Sorensen. Yep. Yeah, it was Sorensen. Was it Dylan? No, it was Sorensen because Sorensen is the one who got kicked out. Uh, Nick Hague was the last person you kind of want, don't want to poke because he will drop the gloves and he will, he will, he and the kid can fight. And he basically just turned around and did just that. Yeah. And then the whole team started fighting basically. And and the, the best thing, uh, there were so many fun things about how the Golden Knights handled that situation. Yes. One of which was just William Carlson William, doing a hair flip William, after the fact. Will Lady Bing. Gets winner, ejected. former former Lady Bing winner. More, oh my God! More penalty minutes than Ryan Reeves. So he far he, he leads the team. Yes, 
Well, everybody has more penalty minutes than Ryan Reeves because Ryan Reeves has zero. Because Ryan Reeves is a good boy. <laughs> He's a good muffin boy. Yes, he is. <laughs> so, so William Carlson gets ejected, and and Carlo here pointed out and and got a screen grab of William Carlson going into the uh, the locker. No, that that wasn't me. I got that from someone else. I'm not gonna take credit for it. I can't. I can't. But your remember. use of it is awesome. Yes, I can't remember the. Uh, the the username right now, but to give you credit, I'm really sorry, but but Carly got, a, was walking his way toward the the locker room and hey, smirks he and just, gives a thumbs up. I don't think I'm not sure if he knows he's looking at the camera, but it just looks like he is. So I want to think that he knows where the camera is. Uh, he looks at it, and it that wasn't actually his thumb. That was the guy in front oh. of him. Yeah, there was like, but the the it's screen so cap, perfect, the though. screen cap makes it look like it's it so is. Perfect. So I'd like I'd like to think that it is his. It is his um for our purposes no. it is it is yeah, yeah. for us but it, it's it's, it's one of my favorite images now that i'm probably gonna meme it forever because it's amazing and then flurry got a little dirty there because he, he <laughs> totally he tripped out a player he tripped out a player yes. that Car- i think it was thornton because carlson fell over the player yeah afterwards. no it was burns i think it was burns. oh yeah because yeah. carlson was actually kind of getting scrappy yeah. and then flurry tripped i guess it was burns it was burns Car- because carlson falls on top of him because it was burns because it was burns's stick that Flurry took, <laughs> and he and he put it in the ca- in the camera yeah. hole and gave it to a fan in the middle of the game. And then and then the Sharks fans were taunting Burns who tried to get his stick back. Yeah. They, they were like hugging it like nope yeah. nope. The yeah, flower like, just gave us. If his you stick. if you actually watch the uh, the video again, the the, the Sharks uh, when, when Flurry gave him his stick, the Sharks fan didn't know what to do. They were like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> and, and Flurry, you know, is being the exact troll that he was. It, it reminded me of the, uh, the the playoff series against the Winnipeg Jets in the first. Year. Yeah, when he when, when, he, when he went willing. Yeah, it, it was basically that amount of trolling, which is why everybody loves Florida yeah, so much. He is one of the greatest it's, of all it's, time. It's 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 a it's a harmless troll that you you, you look at it is like you go like why I oughta, but that's adorable. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, around the same consensus of when he makes a snow fort. Or yeah, when, exactly. Pretty much when Flurry does anything that it's just people silly. notice. It's just like, silly. Like, yeah. I, I, I I had to retweet, uh, I think Jesse Granger tweeted it, like he asked Flurry like what the deal was, and Flurry <laughs> just, said the stick was broken, right? Yeah. I, I saw it as broken. Yeah. <laughs> but so, let's go back to Hague, though, because I want to talk about the actual hockey that he played. Well, one one more thing about the fight, though. First NHL game ever. Hey, gets yes. ejected. Yeah, awesome, amazing. Just so epic. proud of him. I, actually, to be honest with you, I don't know what I expected from Hig. But yeah, that's, it, it sure as hell wasn't that sh- for me. But the, I, I was I should, so happy that happened. The, I should have expected that. <laughs> but but okay, let's go back to his hockey because I thought he was solid. I yeah. don't think he was. I thought I don't think his debut was as good as Glasses. I know I know Hague didn't score a goal or. Whatever, but I thought he was solid. I I, I think he uh, held his own. He used his length and his size uh, properly. Uh, I don't think he got burnt a lot from skating. But to be fair, he's playing against kind of really slow players, uh, the uh, Sharks. Except for like two or three players in the Sharks, like Hurdle and Couture. Yeah, pretty yeah fast. this isn't last postseason Sharks, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I am actually really uh, curious how he's going to play against the next opponent but we'll get so far yeah so far so good Haig played really well because uh, my my first concern with that pairing was england and Haig. yeah was that that's a pretty slow line because i'm not Haig is not the fastest guy I'm, I'm never gonna pretend to i'm never gonna sit here and tell you that Haig is gonna end up being 
faster or quicker. I mean, fast, like skating is going to be, skating right now is probably like maybe almost as good as it's going to get. There's still a lot to improve. But with his size, I don't think he's going to be, you know, Shea Theodore skating. That's not his strength. Well, let, let's know? be honest. This team has some lines that are insanely fast, like the Carlson line. Yeah. And then they have lines like Mark Stone that aren't meant to be as, as yeah, fast. Yeah, because Mark Stone is not the fastest skater. No, no because this team isn't only speed. Like, uh, I, I guess the the only speed kind of teams would be more something like relentless forecheck from Tampa yeah, Bay. That's, and um, that's what we had the first year. Yeah, and, and the biggest thing, though, is that now and, this is a smart team. Yeah, I think, a hockey IQ I, think, team. I think we're pretty balanced. Yes, and, all and it's all across, all yeah. up and down the lineup is just insane. Yeah. Like, I, I am so impressed with how this is all panning out so far. Yeah, and so I will far. say, so far, we're two two games in right now. Yeah, um, uh, and another thing about Haig is his power play. There was that one power play that uh, uh, you see that you can, you can see Haig's shot. There was the shot. That he uh, he did, and he, he, he hits the goal goalie. It makes it through, but he needs to work on that a little bit more. But I thought Haig was pretty solid. I agree. Um, so so let's just wrap this up a little bit about the Sharks games. Uh, we we t- we said that Schmidt uh, did get injured his yeah, and knee was, collision with Logan Couture. That was very unfortunate. We like if you remember last year that uh, Nate Schmidt. Um, kind of was gone for 20 games and we didn't really do that well last year but i feel like this year we are a bit more equipped for that well we have mark stone we have mark stone and i think shay theodore kind of took another step up and we Um, have jimmy schultz is a healthy scratch right now he's sitting there waiting and i think uh john merrill took another step up uh mcnab's been pretty mcnab has been one of the most more underrated more defensively reliable even England's uh, looked pretty decent so far so far but I'm but, still worried about his foot speed because yep. he does have his IQ but England is losing a lot of step is getting yeah, for getting sure. out there yeah but yeah so so just a couple other notes about about the Sharks um I, I had been posting a bunch of stuff about this on Twitter earlier in the off season um this past off season the Sharks spent way too much money on like not a lot of players, and most of them are on the back end. So you have Martin Jones with making almost six million dollars on as like, apparently their starting goalie. Yeah, you have five more years for him. Yeah, five more years. Then you have like three defensemen locked up for a combined total of about almost thirty million dollars. It's like twenty-eight million yeah. for just three defensemen, and they're all locked up for at least six or seven years. You, so that Burns contract is done when he's forty. Yep. Uh, Carlson's contract is done when he's 37. Yep. So yeah. these are their good years, but also yeah. Burns is already kind of up there. Yeah, so Burns is. You already see Burns slowing down. He's, he's 34. Burns keeps getting uh, keeps getting burnt. Yeah. And then Velasic is uh, is 32, and he is still he's going to be there for even longer than Burns. Yeah. By a year. So so yeah. And then you you got Kane's contract there too. Yeah, and then Couture. And Couture. Well, Couture's actually. I think Couture's contract is pretty yeah, eight, decent. Eight million. That's not. Yeah, bad. that's really good for Couture, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and Timo Meyer at six. Timo Meyer. Yeah, and then, but and then, but it, Kane, if he doesn't, well, let's let's be honest. I think Kane is just like, it, done. Yeah, their are three forward contracts. I think is really good. Uh, you got Couture, Meyer, and Hurdle. Yep. I think those are those are your kind of backbones for the forward group. And then you got Kane. And then Kane. Well, Kane is. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about that. But I, but they, they they may Doug Wilson may have accidentally put the San Jose Sharks into a rebuild. Uh, what 
re what can they use to rebuild when they don't have the first their first round pick this year? Oh, that's right. They kept Eric Carlson, which means Ottawa has their first round pick. So Ottawa's going to make out so well if San Jose sucks. Yes. They're going to love it because they're going to get two super super awesome like first they, round picks. If they end up being really bad this season, it's it's going to they're going to be they're not know. looking really good because if you look at their prospects too, they don't have a lot of high-end top talent. That's because they, they already put Timo Meyer in, yeah. right? Wasn't well, he my, well, his, was he a prospect? I wouldn't call him Meyer a prospect. He is pretty young, but he's like past the... But he came he, from their farm system. Yeah, though. he came from their farm system. I, I think the only guy I can really think of right now is Merkley, who, who can be a, ends up being really good. But he is like Kane, who is a... He is, you know... he, he big is, giant baby? Yeah. You can, <laughs> he... He got traded so many times in the in juniors because of his attitude. So he's like the Antonio Brown of hockey. pretty much, yeah. Oh. so that that that, but he is a really really good defenseman. Uh, yeah. Well, suck it up then. Yeah. So so, anyways, that that's about it for uh, how those games went. We are very. I think we're. I, I can speak for both of us in saying we're we're pretty damn happy about the result of those games. Yeah, I I am I am excited. Plus seven goal differential over two games. Yes, uh, I am really excited for the next game because I think this is going to be a big, big uh, measuring stick for us because Boston. We are going to be playing against the the defending Eastern Conference champion, the Boston Bruins. And the Boston didn't really lose a lot of parts over the offseason. In fact, no. if anything, they kept it pretty much the same and then re-signed some of their guys on team-friendly contracts. Yeah. So that that team is going to be pretty... As, as long as the their their main two lines can keep it together and not kind of fall apart like they did in the playoffs, yeah. they're, they're going to look insane. The the only the only thing about them is uh, it's, it's also somewhat the same concern as with the Golden Knights, where your de facto leader in the defense is getting up there in age, and yep. sometimes he can be a li- liability. Of course, I'm talking about Zeno Chara, who is, I don't know, played like 50 years in this league already. Yeah, so I, I grew up as a, uh, a Bruins fan because mm-hmm. I grew up in Massachusetts, and I have to say I have so much respect, and probably always will, for Chara, even though he had that kind of nasty hit on Pacioretty that yeah. one time. Yeah, one time. I don't think it was on purpose. And he even yeah. said I, it wasn't, I, I didn't mean to do it. A, lo- but, a lot of hits that look ugly, it's not on purpose. But Chara, yeah. I mean, I'll just give him a little shout-out because he got hit in the face with a puck, broke his jaw, and then and went back stayed, and playing. And kept, kept, uh, kept playing. Kept play- and kept leading the team. Yeah, and, and, unlike Casey Matthews. <laughs> yeah, so... So the the good about uh, the good thing will be when Vegas plays Boston, you'll really get to that's the litmus test for yeah, how it's Vegas a good is litmus test. There's a yes this week they have uh, a few tough opponents coming up, but let's talk about Boston right now. Um, they have the um, consensus a lot of people say the best line in hockey with with Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Yeah, and and I would I would agree. Um, you know, although the McKinnon line is kind of. Vying for that title too. Yeah, McKinnon line is up there. Uh, the Tavares line's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, there, there's a few out there. I, I, I'm actually the guy to watch for me this season is going to be Anthony Mantha. Mantha um, or Mantha, yeah. Oh, on on, on the Red Wings. Red. Oh, okay. He just had that natural hat trick. He's been real good in the off season during the World Championships when he played with Stone. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. It's just interesting one to watch. But anyways, going back to Boston, one of the things that interested me is over their first two games, they only scored three goals. They only scored three goals, and I actually watched that game against Arizona. The one zero. The one zero goal, and I thought Arizona controlled a lot of the puck. They did, and they also had really decent. Uh, so Arizona has stepped up their game on defense and goaltending. Yeah, but. 
Halak was just really outstanding that game. Yeah. And just didn't allow Arizona to score. But I thought Arizona controlled a lot of the puck, but and Boston just got that one goal, and that's that's all they needed. Yep. And Halak was standing on his head. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and uh, Bergeron still one probably one of the best defensive forwards in the league. That's why he wins oh, yeah. like the Selkie almost every year. But it, it, this is going to be a really really good game, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be really competitive. I my gut says it's going to be fairly low scoring, um, just because of the way yeah. these two teams play. They're both they both have a mindset of having defense uh, first, two way forwards. They're more yeah, a lot of two way forwards, and they're very counter attack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So or there's going to be a lot of back and forth and a lot of exhaustion, heavy, heavy forechecking. But I think the Golden Knights forechecking is just really, really like I think it's going to overwhelm the. Um, the Bruins a bit more because I feel like we have a deeper team in the third and fourth lines. I think the first two lines is going to cancel each other out. Maybe maybe Boston is the edge on the first line over the the the, the passer the the Bergeron line might have a slight edge on the Carlson line. Yep, and that's not really a bold thing to say. They're just that good, and that's. Glass line uh, is still has a rookie in there, yep. even though you do have Pacioretty and Mark Stone in there. You still have a rookie in center. So I'm going to ask you this for each of the kind of look ahead games that we're going to talk about here. We're only going through the uh, the this coming Sunday with the Kings game, but for Boston, who do you think is going to be in goal for? I think Vegas? Flurry. Flurry. Of oh, obviously, it's going to be Flurry. And then the next game is against Arizona. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. It, well, let's let's first just talk about who do you think will be in goal for that one. That's Flurry. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna get probably ten games before they put Subban in. No, I think I think uh, because the Calgary and Kings game is a back to back. Yeah, Subban's gonna get the Kings game. Yeah, well, he cannot get the Calgary game because we well, know what happens when Subban plays Calgary. But here's the thing: it is at home, ah, and true. Subban is way better at home. True. Uh, the Kings game is on the road, and I that's why I want to put Subban. In LA, because I want to see how he is on the road before you put him on, uh, at home. Yeah, I would agree. And I, then, I like that. And idea. then, and then Kings is. Uh, I know it's early, but consensus right now is Kings is much easier team yep. than Calgary. You know, so put Subban in there. Uh, I think we're still a better team because Calgary is a much stronger team. So put Flurry against Calgary, and then put Subban against the Kings. Now what about now for Arizona? I, like I said, uh, when they were playing Boston, their their def- defense and goaltending were really good, and and you were saying you thought that their forecheck was even better at times too. Yeah, um, well, I wouldn't say forecheck. It, it was a lot of rushes that the Arizona got, which kind of like because they did get the hot faster. dog power. Phil Kessel. Yeah, rushes. they had to. They had enough hot dogs to fuel their their um their their the rush castle line. yeah their castle <laughs> but yeah castle is always going to be a guy you, you're going to w- worry about you got uh keller because i think arizona has some really good pieces in there you have one of the better defensemen in the league in oliver ekman larson well and they and they improved their team on the offseason and they almost made the third third seed or the wild yeah they the almost caught up with us last year and then they bring in castle but they they did have Chemistry is still not all the way there, I think, and I think we are still a better team than Arizona. But the, it's not going to be an easy uh, game 
then it won't be as easy as everybody will well, think. Arizona's interesting because Vegas has beat them down a lot of different times, mm-hmm. but sometimes it ends up being in overtime, and sometimes yeah. Vegas just completely drops a game against Arizona. Yeah, yeah, they, they've so done it a few times. It, it's very back and forth with them, and, and you know, everybody has the consensus, no, they're not a great team, but when you, Arizona's on, they're on. Yeah, Arizona's, like, yeah, it's one of my surprise teams. It's... Which actually... Props to them for bringing back the whole Native American design, oh, like my, the, jerseys the, and the stuff. Kucha, uh, the Cocapelli sort of style. Yeah, oh my god. The, did you see uh, who was in Go Kemper? Yeah, with the full dress. Oh, oh it looks so oh, good. Oh my god, I want to just kind of like print that out and put it into my room because right? that was beautiful. Right, like props to Arizona for going back to their roots and having a really, really great design again. And it's funny because like back in the day when that, that jersey came out, everybody hated it. And it's the nostalgia look and it's like they kind of modernized it to be fair. Yeah, it's, which just, is, it's a very it looks, flat design now, so it yeah, looks cool. Yeah, it looks I, so I just, cool. I, like it. I, I just like it love lot. it. It's uh, we're, Because we're so stuck in these... Like these days, and really kind of modern, simply like simplistic look, and we're so used to it now that something like that that Arizona came out with kind of like blew it out of the water, and it's kind of like a big difference, you know. I wonder if our fans or listeners can tell that we're uh, both graphic people in certain yeah in certain I ways am, for our day I jobs. I, my day job is a designer, so I I like visual stuff. So yeah, and I used to run a uh, or, or help supervise a user experience team on the the yeah. you know web development but, front. So yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a beautiful look. Uh, Calgary, that one's going to be the most interesting of this list that we talk about. I think. Well, I don't know because you don't have a former knight anymore. So well, yeah, I mean, well, losing James <laughs> Neal uh, apparently, but they got Luchik. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I still think Calgary is a dangerous team. They they have a lot of offensive firepower. They have Matthew Kachuk, who's super yeah. super Kach- good when he's on. They have Kachuk. They have Monahan. They have Johnny Hockey. You know Giordano still there in the back end. Noah Hannafin. Biggest question is still goaltending. Yeah, and it's still pretty bad. They did shut out the the Canucks though the other day. Yeah, but that's that's also the Canucks. A yeah, and well, B I, they're streaky. Yeah, they are, they are. But, I mean, it is the Canucks, but I have high hopes for the Canucks. But we'll we'll talk about it. I have the high hopes for the Canucks later. Yeah, later, Um, but because the Canucks are a young team. But we're not talking about the Canucks, we're talking about the the Flames. Oh, and going back to either Arizona or Calgary, based on what Gerard Gallant said, it sounds like Eakin could be back for one of those Soon, yes, soon. Um, Tuck, nah. Schmidt, Okay, let's let's talk about that real quick. Where do you, if when Eakins gets healthy, how do you think it's going to pan out in the lineup? Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a good point. And that's a million dollar question right there. I, I want to say million dollar, but it's a, that's a $3.9 million question right there. So, until, so it's going to be interesting because I think that they should basically have Zekoff and Perry compete for a position and put. I think you're doing that right now. And both of them are playing really well. We haven't yeah, even talked about the third line. So, because you can't get rid of Nocek. He just scored two goals and he's looking fantastic. Yeah, so you he, can't put Eakin at 4C right now. So, where do you put him? Do you put him left or right wing somewhere? Oh, man. It's going to be tough. Ah, uh, here's, here's what I You can't bench a $4 million okay, I just, I just thought I just thought I just thought about this. I just thought this is I just just now. Because yep. I can't bench Nocek. And I don't think I can bench Zikov or Piri either. Bench Carrier and put... No, I'm, be- I'm benching Reeves. Huh? I could bench Reeves too because yeah. if you need Reeves, Reeves goes out. Yeah, like I'll as put, long as he's I'll out, put, scratch. I'll, I'll kick Noshik over there in the right side and put Eakin there as the as the middle. And I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they consider or, messing with Eakin on the wing. Yeah, or yeah, put put Eakin over there on the third wing and put Zika or Piri down there in the fourth line. Because here's the thing: is that when everything's back to normal and Tuck is also back. <sighs> 
I I want to see. I think maybe Glass will have enough confidence to be a center between potentially Eakin and. Tuck. I do not. I, no, I don't not. I don't. I don't want to move him away from that. You want to keep line. Stastny on three because the well, I want to keep Glass in two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's better for his development. That, and the, he just looks amazing with him. Well, and yeah, him and, and Pacioretty have amazing chemistry. And Stone, yeah. but especially it, him and Pacioretty. Because I, I know I know Sinbin always says that Glass is only better with elite wingers. But the, when you watch him play those, like, in these games, this is not because of Stone and Pacioretty being good. Glass is also really good. He plays the same game as they. Yeah. Not, not that they're elevating it. He's yeah. playing he's, on the same he, on To the be same fair, playing he... he they are elevating Glass, but I think Glass is also elevating them. Agreed. I mean, if you look at the way that those three make plays together, yeah. it's like they've been playing together for the, in their entire career. Yeah, and the like, like I said before, Glass is the type of player who gets better the more comfortable he is. And Glass is has, was always meant to be a top six center. Yeah. Well, eventually he he eventually our ideal top two centers in the future will be Carlson and Glass, and then Peyton Krebs. Krebs, I think Krebs is going to end up as a winger. Oh, really? I think because, well, he has experience playing the left wing. Gotcha. Uh, and I think I don't want him to be in the third, like, end up being a third line center. He's going to be a top six left wing. And Pacioretty didn't have a long contract. So. Yeah. By the yeah. time, by the, by that time, I think it's Krebs, all coming together. <laughs> yeah, Krebs is going. We'll we'll talk about that in our yeah. in our lineup podcast so somewhere in the future so uh we, we kind of talked about those injuries already so we talked about calgary and the kings like i said i think suban is gonna play the kings are better than last season uh mm, i don't know faster at least they are faster but i wouldn't say better because they still need to work on their defense because what defense drew doughty yeah that well that that one defensive guy which I think he's have not ha- he's he's on a decline. Well, he's also the Evander Kane of defensemen. Yeah, when it comes to but whining. To be and, and to be and I want to say he's whining. He's just he's, he's just, like he's, he's just mad. Listen, no, listen. Doughty, I don't like Doughty because I wouldn't compare him to Kane. I'd compare him more to the when when he when he talks to the media and stuff. I could compare him more to Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, okay. he, he instigates he's a it shit more. Talker. Yeah, he's a shit talker. He's not a whiner. Well, he does. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's shit talker. He's both, though. Remember he's last bo- season, bit- he's like, I just want this season to be over. Yeah, with. okay, to, to be fair, yeah, you're right. But most of the time, he's more of an instigator. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He's that, just really not. Yeah, not he's good a luck. shit talker. He's a shit talker. But he does whine more. That's true. I'm not. Yeah, okay. So, but, so we'll like, see what happens that game. Because yeah, I'm actually very interested he did, to see the, it. I mean, the Kings only played one game. And they scored, what, four goals, I think? Or five? But they still lost. Yeah, they still lost. <laughs> but you, you, you got to look at who they played. Connor McDavid. They played, yeah, well, yeah. They played the Edmonton Oilers, who has a bad goalie and a bad defense. So I don't really take a lot from that. Yeah, but they have a Connor McDavid. They do have a Connor McDavid. And you can see that. They score six goals, and they were just back. It was because both teams don't have any defense. Yeah, basically, it's like just like bloop, bloop, bloop. It was like two players just scoring across the ice empty net. Yeah, I'm surprised how bad Jonathan Quick played that game because I still think Jonathan Quick is a pretty good goalie. Again, super streaky dude, though. Yeah. Especially as he's gotten older. Now he is. Before, he was, like, amazing. Oh, Stanley Cup? Stanley Cup Quick was... 
outstanding. But yeah. that was what almost five or six years, five years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that's uh, that we can we can talk about some uh, some other stuff here. So, so Carlo is uh, going to be kind of the de facto Wolves analyst for this, this I, podcast. Well, I don't know about analyst. I'm just going to talk about what I see. Yeah, but you, you watch the Wolves more than possibly any of the professional sports writers out there maybe. as well. Well, maybe I don't know, uh, but. Uh, I did watch the one Wolves game this ha- happened this weekend. And what did you think? And they don't play again until next weekend against um, San Antonio, which is a long bus drive. Oh, my God. I don't want to be there. I- I'm not sure if they take the plane or not. But anyways, back to the game. I have a few uh, notes that I-, I took. And I thought two players stood out to me right off the bat. First one was Lucas Elvinus. Oh, and I- the other one is Reed Duke. And Elvinus was already starting to stand out toward the end of the preseason game. Yeah. Um, Elvinus, yeah, because actually Elvinus is playing on the second line as a rookie. He's There There are, let's see, I'm going to count. I'm going to see if I can do this top of my head. Because all the rookies are in the forward positions this season. Last year, it was all in the defense. So right now, you have your rookies right now in the forward positions is Elvinus, Ron Berg, uh, LeCision, yep. um, uh, Ben Jones, and Paul Cotter. Yep. Those are your five rookies in the forward uh, spots. You have, the fourth line right now is all rookies. You have um, you have Ben Jones, Jake LeCision, and uh, Ron uh, Bier. Yep. Which uh, actually Ben Jones got hurt in this game, and he got um, he left the game and didn't come back. And they actually mixed up the lines after that. And I didn't want to look it up because this is a lot of work because. Uh, the Chicago Wolves doesn't actually come out with their lineup right off the bat, so I actually have to watch the game and see who's in the line with who. But anyways, Elvinus was all over the ice, especially in the second period. The first period, he was okay. He, he scored a power play. Oh, he got a power play point on an assist, but his goal was amazing. He's actually, what happened is that it was him. Uh, it was in between a line change, so Ben Jones was in. Uh, 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 Quinny and uh, Elvinus was on the ice. Quinny and Elvinus was forechecking at the, uh, behind the net. Uh, Elvinus got the puck, saw Jones just coming out of the change. Yep. Passed it to Jones. Great feed by Elvinus. Straight boom. Great opportunity. Saved by uh, Calvin Pickard, former Golden Knight. Mm. Uh, saved by Calvin Pickard, but Pickard didn't really handle the puck well. And then Elvinus was there for the rebound beautiful goal and there was a few occasions where Elvinus just just feeding uh his, his line mates which was Quinny and uh McGinn yep and they were just they weren't finishing it you know Elvinus ended up with four points this game and what I what I, and 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 Duke what I liked about him was his penalty penalty killing mm. he reminded me of the Smith Carlson line where he would he was always in the offensive zone and they had six scoring chances on the penalty kill oh wow like i think for duke for those duke duke was involved and that's that's what really kind of impressed me duke and duke was like uh grand rapids controlled the puck a lot but when the duke uh, the duke line was in there i mean not not the duke line the alvinist line was in there they they were more in the offensive zone compared to the other lines and so so how was goaltending then? Oh, Dansk. Oh, my God. Dansk, the Grand Rapids scored eight goals. One was an empty net. Eight goals. Yes. 
One was an empty net. So hold so on. I can... Let's say that one more time though. Eight goals. One was an empty net, so I can't put that on that. Seven goals. Yes, seven goals. Four of those was very soft. Oh. It was shot from the point, wide open. Nobody was in front of him. And they just boom right through them. All right, so this is for all you, uh, all you people that follow our Twitter and are shit talking Malcolm Subban during the off season and at all times. This is what would happen if it, Dansk was in the NHL. What's hilarious about Dansk though is that he was allowing soft goals, but he was making the difficult saves, which is so Oscar Dansk or Martin Jones. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, it's it, it it was it was crazy. Uh, I was I was surprised. Uh, he didn't get pulled, but uh, Dansk wasn't good at all. It's fine. San Jose will use him as their next yeah. goalie. Yeah, but to be fair, he didn't really get a lot of help from the defense. I thought yeah. Coglin was good. I thought uh, Lecision improved from last year, his last year's stint. Well, White Cloud's out, right? White Cloud Still. is out, yeah. And then Schultz. Bischoff, is, Bischoff is also good. And Schultz and, and Haig are both up in the big league. Yeah. And so it's only Nicolas Bi- it's only Bischoff. Uh, uh, it's only Bischoff and uh, what's his name? Uh, Coglin, that's like a prospect. You got yep. you got Megna in there. You got yeah, the, the rest are lifers. Yeah, they, they, yeah, the Asia lifers. Well, Megna Megna has a chance to make it, but I not not on this Golden Ice team, which is very deep. Anyways, um, I think uh, that's about it. That's about the notes I took. Oh, Ca- Cotter, Paul Cotter. You can see when he play when he plays, he has a skill and a speed. He looks. Like you can tell that he can play hockey, yeah. but there are moments where he just he needs to catch up. Like when he gets the puck, like another guy's already there, like a defender's already there in, uh, on him, and he doesn't know what to do. He just needs to catch up to the speed. I feel like he's still catching up. You know, uh, he you, he looks like a rookie, but I think he'll get there. I think he'll be fine. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'll, I'm actually going to start um, subscribing to the AHL.TV. I'm yeah. watching some of these games as well. Um, I don't know if I watch it as closely as Carlo because he's been really following all of the prospects for the past couple seasons yeah. at least. The, uh, I, it's harder for me to follow the other prospects. There are other You have other sources like Jack Manning who follows them more closely than me if yeah. it's not on the AHL. Shout out to Jack Manning from uh, Golden... Uh, like, like the Russian prospects. Yes, he, he follows that a lot, but... Yeah. Uh, anyways, we can move on. All right. So, uh, so right. we're we're into our five minute major news segment from around the NHL. Yes. So in the next five minutes, we're we're gonna give you uh, uh, four points to uh, to talk about here. Um, and four points before five minutes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sounds about right. And, okay. And ouch again. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. We're we're doing this so we can move on. And here's one. What's the first? Eric Carlson had a baby. Yes, Eric Carlson didn't show up, uh, didn't play in the first game because congratulations, yeah. congratulations, Mr. man. This is more than hockey. This is more than rivalry. Yep. Uh, I'm Rival really on the ice. Ha- yeah. And friends off. Family yeah. Because Eric Carlson's a, a really cool dude. Great, great guy. Uh, well, him also, and Stone were really close. I mean, yeah, they came the, from the former, same team. Former team is, teammates. And if you guys don't know the story and what Eric Carlson went through the past year or a year and a half or so with his last baby. Um, I really don't want to be a downer and talk about it right now, but if you, if you're interested, look it up. But I'm really, really, really happy for the Carlsons. Yeah, and that's genuine. All, all we have to say is they've been trying for this for a while. Yes, exactly. So next, uh, next thing. Next up, uh, John Tavares named as Toronto's captain, and they made a 
big deal out of it. Oh yeah, and I you can guarantee them Islanders are probably so salty. Again. Yeah, and and it's funny. A lot of people are joking about uh, Matthews didn't get the the thing because he's captain uh, captain underpants or something like that. <laughs> but if you actually saw the video of how they told John Tavares he was the captain, it was actually really cute. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, and and you know what? It's well deserved. Like he is, he's becoming the face of that franchise because of what he went through to get there. Yeah, he's also a good Toronto boy. Oh yeah, you know, Matthews is from Arizona. Arizona, so they kind of wanted to give it to the Toronto boy, but if you watch the video, how, how they um, uh, told him he was the captain, it was really cute. They called him in the office, and then his wife and his kid was the, his kid was wearing a John Tavares captain jersey, and then Tavares was like, "Oh, I'm the captain now." Uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. All right, next thing, Hurricanes still doing that storm surge. Yeah, the storm surge is back, which is I'm really happy about. I feel like hockey kind of needs this whole storm surge thing. Well, the storm surge thing is basically the uh, her uh, the, the Carolina's equivalent to the pre or the pregame show yes. from Vegas. Which which I'm not gonna say they're copying it from us or whatever because no. this is their whole old thing. But hockey needs more of this. Hockey needs more personality, and you're gonna see. I think a lot more storm surge right now because I think Carolina is really good. Yeah, and, and well, it's crazy though because all three games they've played, they've been down at, at least one period, at least the first period they've yeah. been down in every one of those three games, and they've won it in overtime in all three. One all of them three. was a shootout, the other two were won in just in the yeah. overtime. And then, and then a player scored in all three games. Guess who it was? Our favorite Finn, Eric Halla. Yes, uh, is so I'm really welcome, Hurricanes. I'm really happy for him. It's it's really hard. For us to keep Eric Hall, everybody's everybody's gonna go out and say we should have kept Hollow, blah blah blah. But you can say that about anybody that we with that, yeah, that plays said, for somebody else. Peron, he wanna cut. Exactly. But here's the thing. There's sacrifices in this league because we have a hard cap. It's not like basketball where the cap is so soft that you I, I mean you can just sign everybody. That's not the case in the NHL. It makes it so good and so competitive. Yeah, though. it makes and it it's very competitive. And you know what? It makes you actually start to appreciate. And this is for all the new new hockey fans here in Vegas. You start to respect and appreciate other teams because they have players that you loved. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, Yavs, Bellamere. Yeah, because now a lot of people are following those players from other teams because year one we didn't have that and they don't they don't do that. I see Twitter all the time. It's like. Belmar scored a goal. Holla scored a goal. Woohoo! And then everybody's gonna tweet out, Gusev scored a goal. Well, we should have kept him. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's hockey is hockey. This is part of the yeah. game. Is is just accepting the fact that you can't keep everybody all the time. Yeah. And our last, uh, our last uh, big. Uh, they just happened this morning, so it was announced. Uh, Evangi uh, Malkin. Wait, how do you say his name? Malkin. Malkin. Well, Evan. I don't know how to say the other guy's name. Uh, Bjorkstad. Bjorkstad. All right. You say that name. I'll say Evgeny, no, I, Evgeny Malkin. There you go. Evgeny. Evgeny Malkin. You can say Bjorkstad because I'm going to screw that yeah, one. Yeah. Both Penguins player. Malkin is the biggest hit over here because, as I said, it's a long-term injury. One of the best centers in the league. Absolutely. And and, and the Penguins are already struggling as it is. Yeah. The, the Penguins just got a, not a good sentence there from from. Yeah. Malkin being injured. This is going to be really bad for them. Yeah, because it's not just long ago that the, they won back-to-back. And yeah. Then, and then the, you can start seeing the decline of the Penguins. Because right now, if you look at their depth chart, they only have 12 forwards. Yeah. I mean, well, when they won those back-to-back, there was a, a certain a certain other goaltender still played Oh, wait, still no. Played I didn't say 12. They say 12 forwards? 10 forwards. Ah. They don't have enough to fill uh, the 12 forward lineups. 
So yeah, still not as bad as the Sharks. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see about that because they are gonna be struggling, which is bad because I have Matt Murray in my fantasy. Oh no. Oh right. no. All right. All right. Uh, well, that was our uh, our four points in five minutes there, and we're coming up on the end here. So uh, again, thanks everybody for uh, continuing to listen to us banter for about an hour. Um, hope you guys have fun listening to this. We're gonna keep doing them. Um, we're gonna have some guests coming up, but again, we're we're kind of keeping it a secret because we're not actually sure 100 on the schedule. Yes. Um, so thanks for listening again. Um, this is Carlo. You can follow me at SumDude88, S-U-M-D-O-O-D-88, on then, Twitter and on Reddit. And then Andrew at, at Choi underscore AJ. And I'm not really a big Redditor. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter. You can see me troll everybody there. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Until next time.